welcome to the first weekly podcast of Photog Adventures. We are the Photog Adventures podcast. My name is Aaron King. I am Brendan Porter. And we are what we call the Photog Adventurers. We have photogadventures.com and we are making a podcast weekly talking about the places that we are going out and seeing. We're both fathers. I am a father of two kids, Brendan. Three. Three kids. And we have work, we have our day jobs, but we still want to get out there and follow our dream of photography. And so one of the things that we wanted to do was create this, create the photogadventures.com, something that we can use to chronicle our adventures. And with the podcast every week, we will come back to this and talk about what we've learned, what we can get better with, and just basically bring you along for the ride. Sounds good. We should get started. So what we want to talk about first is why Photog Adventures? What is Photog Adventures? What can you guys expect from us as content creators for the Photog Adventures site? Go ahead, Brendan, and explain exactly what we are and what we're going to do. So Aaron and I have uh, been planning to do some photography together. So we created Photog Adventures and the website photogadventures.com. Um, we will also be on YouTube. And you can check out our videos there and our video podcasts on YouTube through uh, the link that we provide. So we want to chronicle our adventures and we got some GoPro cameras and I picked up a drone last year. And so with those together, we plan on doing some really cool things and showing the spots that we're going out to, um, some of the places we're going to go. We want to scout, location scout. Every, every time we go out, we're going to try to record and chronicle um, the things that we do so you guys can get a feel for um, who we are and how we're doing things. And if you want to learn, we'll, we'll start showing some of those tips and things as well. So That's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. So I barely have owned a DSLR for the first time in my life. I potted Nikon Coolpix 8700 in my first year of being married, and that was pretty much the last big purchase my wife allowed me to make, other than a computer. And so I kept telling her I needed a DSLR, and she didn't believe me that it made any difference if I had a DSLR. You have a lens, you have a camera, it's right there. Who cares that it's attached permanently? I couldn't convince her that that was a great investment for our money. So now, 13 years into our marriage, I finally convinced my wife. Ironically, I convinced my wife that I could buy a DSLR after I got laid off. I think it was the ambition of what I could do, what I could do, use to make money, and that I needed to invest in some, some items, some equipment that was going to help me make some money doing other things since... I'm in the game industry. I've been working as a producer in the game industry since 2010. And layoffs happen, as well as you leave studios when you just have hit a plateau and it's time to move on. And I was in a small game studio that was just starting out, and they had some layoffs in January, and I knew it was time to just push towards some of my ambitions. And like Brendan was saying, Photog Adventures is going to be our chance to get out. Go on the weekends, weekend warriors, weeknight warriors. Sometimes we even are going out at the crack of dawn or even like one in the morning so that we can go out and capture the stars. We're not entirely focused on astrophotography, but it totally intrigues us. We love doing it. And since our lives are too busy during sunrise and sunset with families and kids, 
it kind of is easier to do astrophotography at this point, but I think our wives are getting more adjusted to us being out and going places in certain times of the day. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I agree. Um, a little history about myself is I first got into photography back in 2004. So I bought my first camera, which wasn't a digital SLR. It was a digital SLR like it was a Minolta Diamage seven. So if any of you are familiar with that camera, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I purchased it from eBay for about $500. It was like a really big purchase for me at the time. Um, I just got married like the December before, and I think I got that camera in the spring. And I just fell in love with what I could do with it. I was really surprised at how good my pictures were turning out. Uh, I got to borrow a digital camera for about a year from a friend of mine, um, maybe two years before I got that camera. And I really thought it was awesome. I really loved using it. And sadly, I had to turn it back into him. So I knew I had to get my own and I was just kind of saving up and trying to make something work and $500 seemed like a lot back then. And so I, I, you know, jumped for it and got a good deal. Cause I think it was about a hundred dollars more retail. So I've got a good deal and I used one. Uh, I was really surprised with the, some of the macro shots I can get with it. It seemed really clean and the, the glass on that camera was actually pretty good. So I was really enjoying it and I've been kind of just slowly evolving my gear and getting getting into Canon gear when the um, 60D came out I got one and really loved it and started using Magic Lantern on it and just started you know kind of geeking out and tweaking it and doing some cool stuff with it and then started getting into lenses and so my all my gear has been evolving um, for the last few years and it's been really fun so I'm totally the gear guy i think um i've picked up a lot of older lenses and a bunch of tripods and and just all kinds of i'm now on a 5d mark three a different body and just experimented with canon lenses and sigma lenses and even some tamron lenses and just really had fun just trying out all these different things and so i really value the the plethora i guess of of different experiences i can have with different equipment so it's kind of cool because now I know kind of how to narrow it down and what I'm kind of going for, and and uh, I really enjoy that. Now I can help other I can help other people do the same thing to figure out what equipment's going to work best for them. So it's pretty cool. With Photog Adventures, it's my opportunity to work with a guy like Brendan who's had cameras longer than me. Some of these nicer ones with the gear that he understands, learn from him, but also put into practice what I sort of experienced before. Right now, I'm a guy whose greatest claim to fame is that his niece and nephew paid some money to have me print out a picture I did in the Netherlands at Kokenhof. Kokenhof is a garden in the Netherlands that has beautiful sights of flowers and plants. It's just a famous place to go to for seeing the tulips. It's near all the tulip fields that they have there up above Leiden. In this place... I just captured a shot that I thought looked good. And so, to my surprise, people have told me that they like that shot. I had a woman at my wife's work say that she wants a copy of it because she likes it so much. So that's my greatest source of credibility is that I've had one stranger who worked with my wife buy a picture of it, and I had my niece and nephew purchase prints. And so I knew there was something there. I didn't know what exactly I was doing right. And it honestly wasn't until I got in the game industry and was moved into a role at Disney where I was helping out a marketing team that I could really recognize that I had a sense of design. 
I understood some design principles. And because of those principles that were inherent in me, perhaps even without me knowing it, I had a way of knowing when something looked right and balanced and looked good. And I had that content showing up in some of my pictures with that Nikon Coolpix 8700, and it just met other people's eyes comfortably. They, they liked how it looked. So from there, I met Brendan. He is the cousin of my wife. And I found out that he had a great camera. I drooled over it. When I told him I got my camera, we decided we're going to go out and go somewhere. And Photog Adventures is all about going to cool locations that we've never been and capturing something. We're always going to capture things, and maybe they won't be perfect portfolio pieces, and sometimes they'll be things that are close, just need some work, that if we go back and do it again, we can make them a portfolio piece, and sometimes they're just going to be bogus and didn't quite work out. But we're bringing you guys along for the ride. You guys are going to hear us fail, hear us succeed. You're going to find out what we learn and grow with us, and we hope that as we go along this and grow and get better at our photography, that you guys can see the growth in us and perhaps benefit from some of the tips and things we learn as amateurs trying to become better and more professional. Yeah, sounds good. So with Photog Adventures, we live here in Utah, and we know that at our doorstep we have beautiful landscapes. We have beautiful locations, and astrophotography especially is fantastic out here because we have dark sky sights. So if mm. you look at a map and you see the light pollution map, you'll notice in Utah we have several pockets outside of the Wasatch Front area that there are lots and lots of dark skies. So I told Brendan that I wanted to get out to a Milky Way here this new moon, and he said, hey, I really want to come with you. And that was the birth of Photog Adventures. His decision to come with me, pick me up at 1 a.m., driving together to go out to a freezing cold 20-degree location in the snow so we can capture the Milky Way, proved to me that Brendan was going to be an awesome friend to have in this hobby. It was actually 10 degrees. <laughs> it was freezing, freezing cold. I wore all my winter gear, and um, I think I had four layers on, and my ski pants on top of it all, and I still froze. <laughs> so we're going to talk about specifically our trip there here in our next segment, but let me just draw down a few uh, future podcasts for you and things for you to put on your calendar because we are going to go to Gooseneck State Park Notch Peak, that's out by the Nevada-Utah border. We're heading to Goblin Valley. Of course, we'll hit Moab and Arches. Arches is probably the most photographed astrophotography location in this state. And then there's Mirror Lake. It's a beautiful lake in a small area in the Uintas that has potential for being the most still water we can get, a good reflection of the Milky Way in. Then there's the Strawberry Pillars. It's near Strawberry Reservoir, so I call them the Strawberry Pillars. I think there's a different term for them, but they're these interesting pinnacles of rock that are close to each other, and the road drives through them. We thought about going to that location originally for the Milky Way when we went out, but I couldn't tell if it was going to work out for that early of February time of a Milky Way. The Milky Way is too low in the sky and never gets very high in the sky by sunrise. And so we needed to go to a location that was more flat, more open, and we could see the Milky Way without it being blocked by high cliff sides as we go deeper into a trench and find these cool pillars. So we're going to head out to the Strawberry Pillars later. We have Yellowstone on our map, Tetons. We're actually going to go outside of Utah. We have a couple trips planned already for Oregon, California, and even down in Arizona where there's the Horseshoe Bend down by Page, Arizona. And I really, really want to get out to the crater there in Arizona. I've never seen it in life, 
And I think a photography picture of it, or something that would be an astrophotography at night with the Milky Way would be awesome. Yeah, I too have never been to Crater, so I'm excited to go and see that. Before we go any further with that, let's go ahead and take our first break, and we'll come right back. So why did we choose Strawberry Reservoir for our first Photog adventure? We chose that spot for dark skies, a water feature for our foreground element, and then we were just trying to find that spot we would stop the car and where it would be, Strawberry Reservoir. Yes, so we drove out there and it was cold when we left town um, and uh, wasn't quite sure what to expect when we got out there. I knew it was going to be cold. We were prepared for the cold. I was dressed in all my ski gear, um, normally kind of what I'd wear if I'm going to go snowboarding, and I didn't expect it to be that cold. It was freezing cold. It was about 10 degrees, I think, and we weren't sure exactly where we were going. We pulled over. We saw some little roads that we could pull off to the side, so we did that, and we started driving up, and the, the, the ice and the snow was so, like, crunchy and hard, and just almost impossible to drive through with with even my four-wheel drive station wagon we had a hard time so we just stopped at a place got out i left the car running the entire time and i'm glad i did and if i'm going to give that to as, as anybody if you're going to go shooting at night man it's going to be freezing cold and you're not too far from home you got to get a full tank of gas and leave that thing running man because you're going to want that heat i'm so glad i did <laughs> Um, yeah. We honestly thought we were going to go to another location after we arrived at that first one. So we thought, yeah, let's leave the car running. They'll stay warm. And then in the end, we spent an hour glued to that Milky Way. We couldn't believe how awesomely crisp and obviously, how obvious it stood above us. It wasn't just when we turned our shutters on long and we captured the Milky Way. Like, oh, yeah, that's where it is. We saw it with our eyes and it amazed us and we couldn't take our eyes away from it. We weren't thinking about anything else, and we burned through an hour before we knew it. Oh, easily. And and I was so amazed by, by that as well, because I don't remember ever being awake at that time and actually looking for the Milky Way. Or if I was awake at that time, it was like a full moon or something. So I never really got a, or, you know, city lights, I guess. Even when I went camping as a scout, I never remember really seeing the night sky like that and then actually seeing the Milky Way so obvious. So I was in complete awe. And couldn't believe the shots that my camera was getting after just maybe 15, 20 second exposures. I was just enamored. So I just kept shooting and shooting and shooting. Quick failure story on my part. I mean, being my first trip out for the Milky Way, going with Brendan, I thought I had a nice, to, nice packing list set up, but I still forgot something. Despite having my tripod, sitting there next to my bag with everything else, I decided to hang it with its strap over the chair. Grabbed everything off the chair, everything around the chair, brought it out to Brendan at 1 a.m., completely forgot my tripod sitting on that chair. Mm. We are probably 35 minutes into the drive, going past Heber thinking, hey, you know what? I don't have my tripod. Is tripods Are, are tripods important for a 20-second exposure? Oh, my gosh. I felt so stupid. Luckily, the story is Walmart is there. 
Walmart is everywhere. Even in a small town like Heber, there was a Walmart, and it was open at 2 a.m., and luckily, there was one tripod available to buy. It wasn't the greatest tripod. Luckily, it wasn't too windy that made it so that the long exposure shots weren't working out. I had something to work with. The stupid thing is, is that when I tried to return the tripod back to that Walmart, they quizzed me and interrogated me until I could prove that, yeah, I bought this here. Here's my receipt. Look, I bought it at your Walmart. Apparently, people have been coming back from Hawaii and came to the Heber Walmart of all places to return something they bought at the Walmart in Hawaii. One, I don't know why they bought it in Hawaii if they were going to buy it from a Walmart. What's the important thing of buying something at Walmart in Hawaii? If you could return it when you get home, why do you even bother buying it there? So they flew all the way home with it, got to Heber and decided, you know what? I'm going to return that. <laughs> Maybe it was a gift that they gave to their family and they just wanted to return it. I don't know. But they bought it at the Walmart in Hawaii, returned it there, and the Heber Walmart just doesn't even have that in their stock. And so they didn't accept the return. And they were afraid to accept my tripod return, thinking I never bought it there. Yeah, that's weird. And you know, the funny thing is I actually had a spare tripod at home, a rather good one, <laughs> and I didn't bring it because I thought, oh, he has a tripod. He'll be... Of course he's going to bring his tripod. We're going out night shooting. Of course he's going to bring his tripod. So before we talk about some of our pictures and how they turned out and what went well and talk about what could have gone better, I want to take another break, our last break of the podcast, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. This is going to be the final segment of our podcast today. And this is the segment usually where we will talk about how things went, what could have gone better. We'll recap an adventure that we went on and the things that we really didn't do well on top of the things that we did do well and the things that we would do again next time we go. So talk about, let's see, what went well? What do you think went well, Brendan, on our trip to Strawberry? Oh, man. Um, I was so amazed by how clear the sky was. I don't think there was any clouds. If there were, they were very low hanging or maybe it was just like fog that I saw in some of my pictures. Yeah, there was a little bit of fog. The clarity was really great. It was a great clear night. Um, That went really well. The car being warm was also very good. I'm glad I left (laughs) it running because my toes started getting super cold, almost frostbite. And it literally took about, good, I think, a good half an hour. We were looking, reviewing some of our photos in the car and re-warming up. And my toes hurt the entire time and while they were thawing. So um, <laughs> warm car went really well, having a warm car. On um, that note of the warm car, honestly, it worked dang well because you get out there for a site. And then when you get in too cold, and plus if you're filming or taking a shot just outside of your car, you can get back into it quickly. And we left our tripods out there taking time lapses. And so we had a chance after all of the photography we had captured for an hour, we needed a quick warm-up break. We had a chance to do that, and we were still capturing a time lapse of the Milky Way rising, which is awesome. So what a great way to spend a warm-up break, getting a time lapse. Yeah, it was nice. What I found out was that I had purchased this Rokinon 24mm 1.4 lens. It's an awesome lens for the Milky Way. It's an awesome lens for featuring the bulge of the Milky Way. And that's what I learned. On a crop sensor, like a Canon 70D, it's even more a feature only the bulge, which is frustrating when you're trying to have a nightscape that looks awesome with the good foreground element that is interesting, plus the Milky Way. I found, and I'm finding with my Canon 70D, that I literally have to do a panorama 
no choice. If not a large panorama, I do a six to nine picture panorama just to capture the area of where I want my composition to be and I end up cropping it out later. My shots, what went well from that Milky Way night, we had a clear sky, we had a beautiful location, we didn't have a foreground element. I was bummed. Our greatest foreground element ended up being the road. The road that we were on with mm. the yellow lines in the middle with the strewn about snow everywhere, that was the most interesting foreground feature we had. So if we weren't in a low angle, it felt like we had nothing in the foreground. And there was just us, space, hills in the distance, and a Milky Way. While the Milky Way is terribly interesting, you gotta have another moment of another feature of interest that's in your shot. We had moments where cars would drive by and their lights trails would be interesting and it would light up that fog that was coming through that canyon area over the water and that was cool, but we, I never could capture it that night with what I needed to do. I was still, I, I also had the bad tripod. I didn't have a way of capturing a good panorama on that tripod, at least not one that I felt comfortable was gonna stitch well. And so it was a rough morning for me without my tripod and learning quickly that the 24 millimeter isn't wide enough for a crop sensor like a Canon 70D. And then I needed to do a panorama and a panorama requires a little bit more planning. I'd say the last thing about what could have gone better is that I learned that ISO 1600 was too low. I was afraid of the noise of the Canon 70D, but ISO 1600 of those pictures, when I compared them to what I have now, 3200 would have made that scene so much more interesting, brought out more stars, and made the contrast of the Milky Way look awesome. There is a drawback when you bring up too high of an ISO, and the stars around it are so plentiful that there's this sea of stars and a Milky Way. When you have a low ISO or a lower shutter and you capture only some of the brightest stars, it kind of helps the Milky Way have its own feature moment. It's the rock star in the image, and it isn't fighting with so much busyness of other stars. Although, despite worrying about that, I shouldn't have had it at 1600 ISO. 3200 to 5000 is about my range on this Canon 70D. 5000 getting way noisy in the dark areas, but the darkest, darkest region of my picture, I can just take it out with Lightroom, make it all black, and it won't matter that it has a little noise there and wash it away. The feature of the foreground, if that's not noisy and the Milky Way is clear, that's all I need, especially on this Canon 70D. That's all I can ask for. So let's go ahead and talk about the gear of this week. What are you going to feature for us, Brendan? Okay, today on Gear Time, I am going to talk about my 24mm tilt shift lens. Um, I'm featuring this piece of gear today because this is what I use for the shoot and I am really quite happy with the results even though it's not a very fast lens it's an it's a 3.5 which means that's the lowest it goes um, I shot a lot of my stuff at 4 and 4.5 just to get a little bit of sharpness I was pretty impressed overall with it um, I did not use any of the tilt shift features the reason I use that lens is for this shoot is because it's the widest lens that I had at the time. I did do a couple of shots with my 50 millimeter, but the 24 was twice as wide and so I just got a lot more sky in the shot and I was pretty happy overall with the results even though it's not very fast. Um, it did a pretty good job and I was pretty happy with the results overall. Um, now I have used this I have used this lens other times for the tilt shifting and it's a really fun lens to use. I like it because um, it gives you some artistic options when you're changing your focus plane and you can 
Google that um, tilt shift focus plane or just tilt shift lens and get some cool videos and some cool documents on how that works. And it's a lot of fun to use. And so I've always wanted one. So when I had the chance to get one, I got one. And at the time, this was my widest lens. So I used it. Um, I'm excited to use my other lens, um, my 17 millimeter to 17 to 35 that I picked up to use for future shots and it's super wide compared to this and so um but yeah the 24 millimeter um, 3.5 l is a great little lens and it's a lot of fun so if you have a need for it definitely google it before you buy it don't buy it just on what i'm telling you because it's it's a very specialty lens so and it sounds like it certainly isn't an astrophotography lens it can have some artistic value if you can find a way to use it but have you felt like you found one yet in astrophotography not for this particular lens the, the 17 to 35 definitely is better it's a 2.8 spit faster and um but i'm excited to try something else too i, I would like to get one of those rookie dons and uh, and start playing with that as well Roking on 14 millimeter is something on my list after my 24 millimeter, but uh, there's a 15 millimeter that I might have soon that will make it so that you can play around with my Roking on 24 millimeter. So mm -hmm. the app I want to talk about is a website, and any of you considering astrophotography get to know this website. DarkSightFinder.com is fantastic. Go to the map. It runs off of a Google map. It uses the Google API, so you'll be familiar with using it and zooming in. And it overlays the entire world with this colored map that goes from black all the way to white. This is a map to give you an idea of whether you're going to see the Milky Way. Our section that we were at for Strawberry on this map shows as being in the purple. So some of the key tips if you're going to capture the Milky Way, figure out which direction you're going to be facing and point away from the light pollution. If you're gonna have to be in an orange, yellow, green area to capture the Milky Way, if you can find a direction to point that is facing the Milky Way and away from all of that light pollution and the reds and oranges and yellows are behind you, it won't be in your picture as much. So make sure you use darksightfinder.com whenever you want to find a good location to see the Milky Way and see if there's some place in your area that you can get to fast. Cool. Thank you guys again for listening to Photog Adventures podcast. This is episode one of many to come. We'll do this every week. Keep following along with us. If you'd like to keep up with us and know what we're doing, go to photogadventures.com. That's our website where everything will be held in one place. But like Brendan said earlier, we have locations in YouTube, our channel on YouTube. We have our Instagram. We will also have Twitter and Facebook where we'll be posting to. So if you prefer any one of those social medias more than the other, you can go there and see what we are doing. But photogadventures.com is your quick one site location for everything. Really appreciate you guys joining along. Thank you, Brendan. It's been fun talking to you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us next time, guys, on Photog Adventures Podcast. <laughs>